Welcome to this week's Future Toolbox podcast. We explore the Z to A of life skills, where each letter stands for a topic and essential tool to help you get ahead in life. Meet Jules and Mark, creators of the multi-award winning Future Toolbox, and enjoy their straightforward approach to creating growth mindsets that help people turn their dreams into realities. Whether you're a teen in education, a parent, a teacher, or part of a community group, start creating positive habits from today. Hello and welcome to the latest Z to A of Life Skills podcast with me, Jules, and our resident, Mr. Mark Kennedy. Hello. I'm always here. (laughs) He's always here. And now we're from the award-winning Future Toolbox. Today's letter from the alphabet is B for brain fog. Yes. And that's something that I certainly get a lot of, don't I? Well, we both do, to be fair. We do indeed. But to talk also about brain fog, we've got a really, really good friend and fellow author as well, Anna Leggett. So Anna, welcome aboard onto the podcast today. It's lovely to have you. Oh, thank you so much for your lovely welcome and introduction. So we're talking today a little bit about brain fog, which is, I'm sure, something that me and you have very much in common. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And also we wanted to talk a little bit about your book as well, which is called Understanding and Living Well with Post-Concussion Syndrome. I was really, really honoured to be able to read a copy of and review it. And I thought it was fantastic. It really, really helped me a lot with some good tips in there as well. Oh, thank you so much. That's great to hear. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you, Anna. And for our listeners, can you just sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and your your background? Sure. Um, Okay, so I am Anna. I'm a homemade mum of three children. I have a nine-year-old, a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old. I live in Suffolk um, in the beautiful countryside. And I was just leading a very kind of normal life before a car accident that I had in November 2016, where I sustained a concussion and my daughter did as well. She was three at the time. And um, that sort of flipped our lives upside down, really. It wasn't like a really bad accident or anything, but the I had a, um, a coup contra coup injury where the deacceleration, you know, that mechanism happened mm-hmm. and um, that made me sustain a concussion. Um, in the accident. So yeah, it flipped our lives upside down and I had to go on a very long recovery journey and experience a lot of brain fog along the way. Oh dear. Well, it's good to see you. And when you say you've been on a, a long recovery journey, is that a full recovery or are you still suffering with the after effects? Because I'm well aware that a brain injury is not something that you necessarily completely recover from, is it? Yes. I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm constantly recovering. Like I haven't stopped recovering. Um, I've made probably the most progress in the first couple of years. Uh-huh. And then I probably, if you were to meet me or listen to me, you would, you would probably wouldn't notice. Um, certainly at first, but I think anyone who spends time with me, my husband, my children, anyone who knows me well would know that I was different before and after and that I still have some struggles. Okay. So they're not debilitating I can pretty much get on with my life you know I've adapted things a little bit and I can get on for the most part leading a normal life which I'm super grateful for Um, but I do still have blips and setbacks and things like that and I still have to every day kind of manage things to some a greater or lesser extent so yeah and just before because I know Mark's itching itching to talk to you (laughs) and I'm I'm hogging the the mic mic. (laughs) I've just got one more quick question is how's your daughter then because you said she was in the accident as well 
Yeah, she is absolutely amazing and she really inspires me because it was very noticeable to us, the changes that happened. So she'd been again, a normal active kind of toddler. She was just three at the time, but it was noticeable. She became much more in, introverted and she didn't like noise and bright lights. And um, she struggled with emotional regulation and uh, things like she was in a ballet class. She was very good. And the ballet teacher came to me and said, there's something up with her. Mm. Something's not quite right. Um, and I said, oh, funny enough, we had a car accident the other day. And then a few months later, you know, I said, I think I'm going to have to take her out of the class. And the teacher said, yes, there's definitely something up there. Um, but having said that, she has two well one thing amazingly she has developed an amazing um gift for art so her art drawing and painting and things is her sort of happy place it's where she goes to stay calm and so she's really amazing at art now because she spent hours and hours and hours doing it yeah. and she has been gradually able to go back to activities so she does karate she does cubs she does she's there's a drama group and I'm so proud of what she's achieved. Um, it's absolutely incredible. And I know she does struggle still with things um, yeah. because we talk a lot about it. I mean, she's about to sort of have to pull out of something possibly because it is a bit too much for her, but you know, and that's from the brain injury, but generally she's, she's amazing. Yeah. So I'm inspired by her. I guess that's a, a collective understanding you have at home as well, because you and your daughter have gone through that together. It's not something you really want to go together, but you can also then put the understanding across the other side of your family. Again, yeah. from my own point of view, I've, I found it really, really difficult in the early days because like yourself, we're both classed as high functioning brain injury yeah. survivors or whatever people want to call us. Yeah. And when you're high functioning, you just tend to get on with life, don't you? And then yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brain fog is the key thing that really, really holds you back. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was sort of signed off six weeks after my accident, six, eight weeks after my accident, I was just told to go and live my life as normal mm-hmm. and just take it easy for the first six months, which I put the word six months and normal together and then thought, oh, after six months, life will be normal again. I was going to ask you how your husband and other kids understand the situation as well because obviously Jules has had to make a lot of changes to adapt Mm. to my brain fog in the middle of all this recovery that's going on still 10 11 years later nearly yeah I think it's been really hard for them and I every day I'm so grateful for the care they've given me and for how they do support me and how lovely they are but I know it isn't easy and it hasn't been easy and my husband had COVID recently and I had to sort of take over for you know a few days and I thought my gosh he did this for months, years. He's still doing it really up to a point, you know, it's not like it was in the early days, but he had to do everything. He had to do all the driving, all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the, just so many things. Cause I was just functioning at such a low level. And then my kids have just kind of, they've been so resilient, you know, especially when they were younger. And in a way, maybe it was good they were younger because they were, just, I was just their mom still, you know, they didn't yeah, really, yeah. I don't think, I mean, they did notice and they talk about it now reflecting back. But I was just still their mum, so they didn't really mind, I think. (laughs) Mum, you know. And they sort of joke now and say, Well, yes, you're you know, you're still mum, but you do have a few quirks and things like that. And they have adapted really, really well. I think it is hard at times, you know, that there'll be things I do I know that annoy them. Sometimes they'll express that annoyance, which is fine. I think we're just quite open about things. And I think that really helps. But at the end of the day, we all love each other, Dilly, and I'm yeah. so grateful for that and for their support. So, and it has got easier over time. Yeah, I think it gets easier over time because that understanding becomes more, doesn't it? Because in the early days, 
certainly on our story, Mark was very much in denial of, of everything for years. And then it took us a long time to actually get some help. And then once we did get the help and we explained the brain injury and the effects and everything, that's when we finally, the, the penny sort of dropped with us and we were like, oh, right. Okay. We understand now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's a very difficult journey, isn't it? It is very difficult, and I am I am very aware that it does. It's not just me who's affected; it is the whole family. It is, you know? and I take my hat off to people supporting me with brain injuries because it is demanding, and and you know it's not without its problems. But in some ways, I feel like we've grown closer. In some ways, so I try to look at the positive. I really yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that actually. I was remember reading a personal development book which I really can't remember the name of and I refer to it quite a lot and it was about a guy I think he was Australian and he was involved in a really really horrific accident which left him with no arms and legs but he focused on all the things he could do opposed to what he couldn't do it was something like three percent of the things he could do in life before was what was left so he just seized that opportunity and thought right I've got that three percent let me do all of those things if you take out all the things that you can do in life and then narrow it down to 3%, you've probably still got quite a lot left to do, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> there's only two or three or a handful of things. There's probably still hundreds and thousands of things. I love the idea that you're focusing on that. You're focusing on the positives mm. of life. I mean, I do say that in my book. I say I focus on what I can do, not on what I can't do. And that the brain fog actually, interesting, does come into that because there are days when that's easier to do. And I'm not denying that there are days that's incredibly hard. And one of the hardest things I think about having a brain injury for me has been my mood, like, you know, regulating my mood. You know, I've had really dark times, really despairing times, uh, but I can't afford to be in that place. I've got three children. I want to live a full life. I I want to make the most of it. And when I feel myself, I'm very self-aware. I've become very self-aware. And developing that self-awareness has been a huge part of the journey. And so I'm very in tune with like how I'm feeling and what my mood is like and everything. And so if I'm feeling that I'm slipping, I know I can put things in place to stop that and to reverse it. I'm not always, not always. I'm not perfect at all, but I do have, I, I do it out of necessity. And it's amazing how it works. And I think when you, when I've seen it work, then you do it more because you're like, oh, that really works. I feel so much better if I just take that thought, that negative thought that I've been going over and over and over and over again, and I flip it around and I find something else to focus on, uh, or I just change what I'm doing, or I notice that I'm, I need more sleep or I need to eat better or whatever. I, you know, I'm constantly sort of trying to regulate myself in that sense. And it's been amazing to see. I'm just amazed at the power of the brain Mm -hmm. and the body and our minds to kind of heal us and take us into a better space you know we have so much control over things actually and I think we don't I I certainly I didn't use that enough and we've got these incredibly powerful minds so um, I've really read a lot about that and tapped into that and we have neuroplasticity which is the brain's ability to change and I've just gone wow that's so incredible let's let's just experiment and try things and I think one of the most amazing things is we can change our thoughts we can um, change our thoughts and that's something yeah. that we advocate so much within our business, the Future Toolbox, when we go into either schools or communities and we say, is your thought process, it is the language that you use to yes. yourself that can help make that massive difference. But you're saying to even just to your day or that yeah. hour, you don't have to think of your whole life because if you are having those sort of, I don't know, negative 
thoughts you wake up with them being able to like you say recognize them and say right okay we need to fix this we need to do something (laughs) because otherwise the whole day is just going to go to rack and ruin isn't it really yeah I completely agree and that has been really life-changing for me and you know there are still days where I think it's harder to do that and on those days I'm just very kind to myself I had a very critical voice in my head that I realized oh gosh where does you know where does that come from that's so critical like I beat myself up if I wasn't able to shift into a better place or whatever and just recognizing that and saying no I'm not going to talk to myself like that I'm going to be kind I'm going to say look got a brain injury you've had a really busy day yesterday you didn't get much sleep last night just chill what do you need to do just to relax and get back to feeling more sort of on an even keel and you know even if that means I have to have a nap or something which I very rarely do these days but I used to have to sleep pretty much every day that was part of the brain fog um in the early days and I rarely have to do that I do still get tired but I'm I'm much more gentle with myself now so that helps that is really helpful I'm going to bring our listeners back in uh, for a second here because sometimes we're chatting away here and thinking we're talking about brain fog, we're talking about brain injuries. And there might be some teenagers listening to our podcast or even adults that don't have a brain injury and think, oh yeah, but I don't really understand what brain fog is and what it does to me. Teenagers, we were in a school yesterday actually, and teenagers wanted to sleep because they'd <laughs> obviously spent the whole weekend not, not- sleeping. <laughs> so they they probably think brain fog is just not sleeping. But what do you experience from your brain fog what are the main key signs I guess yeah that that get in the way of of you living day-to-day life yeah oh wow I mean I'm really glad you asked that actually because it's really great to have an opportunity to explain it to people because I'm sort of living your own head so much so yes so thank you for asking that so in the early days I'll just give you an idea of what it was like like I would cook a meal you know something like spaghetti bolognese or something really easy like an omelette or something like that and I love cooking and that was one of the things that helped me recover actually was doing lots of cooking because I found it that was like my happy place um but I literally would you know cook an omelette or something and by the end of it I felt like it's I had swum across a lake in treacle and was crawling out the other side it was just horrendous, you know, and I probably have to go and lie down. Even now, it, it's so much better. Like I, I'm so great. Every now and again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't really get that. You know, I don't get it. Certainly not to that degree. But even if I do get tired, it's not quite the same. But um, sometimes I'll go out for the day or something and it suddenly hits you. You'll be like, oh no, I can. F-. It's like a veil coming over your head. Yeah. And it's like, oh gosh, I know. I've almost like you're shutting down a bit. Like you've just got overload from maybe the lights and all the people and just too many things to think about, decisions to make. I sometimes I just think, oh my gosh, I need to get home. You know, I need to just relax. Um, how am I going to get home? That sort of thing. But again, I can talk myself through it now. I can sort of say, right, just relax, just breathe. You're okay. Yes, you're yeah. tired, but you can, you can make it home or whatever. I, I went to London last week we went to Covent Garden I took my daughters to Covent Garden and we had the best day in the world Uh, I hadn't been to London for about eight years and we just went and we did a few things went around the shops and and had a nice meal and stuff but I could feel the brain fog coming on and I was like oh I've got to get home on the tube and everything I've got to get home on the train but I could talk myself through and then I was wiped out for days afterwards I mean I was wiped out not like I could still go about my daily life but I was very tired and I just thought right well that's frustrating but it was worth it for that one special day and again I sort of talked myself through that in you know into not kind of giving into it completely 
but it's just an exhaustion I think and the brain like just not doing what you want it to do it just won't think how you want it to do it kind of slows down sometimes I can't find my words oh, oh. <laughs> I totally you know? hear you that. I totally hear you when I had my brain injury and it's totally my life as normal spent yeah. six years trying to work mm-hmm. out why I just couldn't function every day yeah. And as soon as I went on to a support program and I understood what fatigue was different from tired. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The first program is called Understanding Brain Injury and Managing Fatigue. Mm-hmm. And when I worked out how to manage fatigue, like you're saying, something as simple as trying to prepare a meal, fill a form in, go through an airport. I used to struggle like mad going through airports and not that I go through them every day, but <laughs> yeah. it's things like that. And the overwhelm of your brain was incredible. And then, yeah. like, you say I would then pay for it for three or four days we had a weekend away with the family and then there was four grandkids there lots of adults lots of noise and I'm really struggling now just to focus on things because that was two or three days ago so you do have that knock on Mm. one thing I was thinking of there so message to teenagers first of all just to wrap that little bit there Tired and lack of sleep are different from fatigue. Please don't go into school and say, I have brain fog. <laughs> you know, you need to sleep properly. Same with adults. When you push through it, it's very, very different. So I've come across brain fog in a lot of other areas of life, like ADHD, for instance. But I know Jules has really, really suffered from it through various different challenges in your life as well, haven't you? Yes, I was diagnosed nine years ago with an aggressive form of breast cancer. This was when, gosh, what, 18 months, two years after Mark's injury. So we were were still really trying to cope and understand not very well what was going on in his head. So Mm -hmm. then I obviously uh, had to go through a a lot of treatment and chemotherapy gives you brain fog. (laughs) I can imagine. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine, but but that doesn't surprise me. Yes. From everything that you guys say, I think it's very, very, very similar. And also, unfortunately, for ladies that get to a certain age and have to go through the menopause, and thankfully, there's a lot of information and and a lot more being talked about. But the brain fog along with that as well, because so much is going on in your body. Yes. Changes and hormones and the same with the chemo. And, you you know, your body's trying to deal with all of these things. And I think the changes that are going on in there, it's so difficult sometimes. So I do have some sympathy or empathy with you Mm. guys. I think it's the same brain fog, but slightly different. I don't know. I hear you. I come across people talking about brain fog. I I literally became obsessed with getting better and so I listened to like loads of health podcasts and watched lots of YouTube videos and read lots of books and articles and things and it seems to be a thing in a lot of illnesses or stress I think can cause it um, when people are chronically stressed you know if you're stressed for a long time like a bit of stress is okay and people say you know some stress is good but it's that long-term stress over weeks or months and I think that does affect our bodies and our brains and our bodies are connected I think we often think they're separate and they're very very closely related and so in a way it's not surprised that if something is going on in your body that will affect your brain and thinking and the other way around I can see that just various conditions or being under stress for a long time or being very unhappy for a long time or anything like that I think there are so many instances where brain fog can happen and just like we were like you were saying earlier about not getting enough sleep 
that's huge you know eating the right foods is so important as well there's certain foods which cause inflammation in the body yeah. and in the brain and i think that causes brain fog because what happens with brain injury is there's a lot of inflammation in the brain so that could be one of the things contributing having that awareness of sleep of diet eating fruit and vegetables and kind of anti-inflammatory foods yeah. Yeah. healthy oils like olive oil rather than the regular cooking oils that you get they're supposed to be quite inflammatory and eating a healthy sort of wholesome natural diet that's going to help i remember actually researching all of that quite in depth didn't i yeah, like, yeah you i did. did to be fair we didn't have an unhealthy diet but i just increased the healthiness of it yeah because I read into what certain foods do to your body, to how it functions. And like you, I wanted to maintain or get the best from our bodies that are dealing with the stress of your brain injury or chemotherapy and everything else. So yes, absolutely with you on that one. <laughs> one thing I'd like to say though, chocolate is definitely essential for recovery <laughs> to anything. Definitely, I'm- definitely. Especially dark chocolate. That is actually supposed to be good for you. I literally eat eat it every single day. <laughs> just a li- really small amount. And I justify it that way. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, a lot of our listeners know that I mention chocolate quite a lot because I do have an addiction to it. And, oh, I'm totally addicted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a good addiction to have. <laughs> but some days I do know, especially when we were in lockdown, I ate loads and loads and loads of chocolate. I will actually hold my hands up and confess up that some days I could eat two or three bars of chocolate. <laughs> And then I was really struggling to sleep. So you can see the opposite effect that if you do eat... Sugar overload. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a sugar crash. (laughs) They call it a sugar crash, but I couldn't sleep. (laughs) But joking aside, you're right. Diet, exercise. And hydration. Water. Yes. It's it's kind of going back to the basics, really. They're so it's so powerful, all those things. We just kind of think, oh, how can drinking water make a big difference? But it does. It makes a huge difference. I always find that if I've been really good and I've hydrated myself with lots of water, and sometimes, you know, I, I quite often squeeze lemon into it. So I have that pure lemon juice in there. Yeah, well. that sounds good. My clarity of thinking seems better. And I think, wow every single day <laughs> and it's being aware of that isn't it yeah. i think noticing that being in the place we go oh yeah oh i do feel different actually if yeah. i have my yeah. lemon water yeah and and mark i mean obviously sorry we've all mentioned exercise and mark i know you ran marathons and things don't you or half marathons yeah. that must have been a huge part of your recovery but exercise has been huge in mine as well and again it's just getting that blood flow to the brain it's yeah. getting those happy chemicals going in the body and that again can help with brain fog I had been really, really busy the last few days and I was feeling a bit like, oh, I've got to get out. I've got to do something. And I wasn't managing to fit in my little exercise routine that I try and do most days. And so I just went for a walk for half an hour and I felt so much better afterwards. And I could think so much more clearly. And I sort of sorted out a few of the problems that I was having with various things struggling to do. It was like, oh, I had so much clarity when I came back. I was like, right, I know what to do next. I feel on a mission now. And so that really helps, doesn't it, as well? It does. Absolutely. That's just brought me round, right round to your book now, because I've been holding it here open for about five minutes thinking, I really, really want to talk about this. And you just mentioned the bit that I was going to talk about. So in your book, Understanding and Living Well with Post-Concussion Syndrome, a lot of people might be listening in here thinking, well, you know, this is fine. You guys have the brain injury. You read the book and whatever. Jules and your husband read the book because they have to deal with it. It goes further because if we all do these things that you've put in your book here, it will all make our lives easier. 
But I've just picked up a bit here where you're talking about tools and techniques to cope with brain injury. Uh, there's a chapter which includes breathing, exercises, mm-hmm. mindfulness and meditation. And again, mm-hmm. take the brain injury out. These are great for everybody. So, yeah. What do you do in your recovery? What do you do in your day to day life? Yeah, it's kind of become part of who I am now. I do it almost without thinking, really. I think in the odors, I was really resistant. I kept seeing people in like brain injury online groups and things talking about meditation stuff. And I was, I was actually quite resistant to it because I just thought it was kind of really woo woo and out there yeah. and weird. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing that. That's, they can do that. And I'm sure that helps them, but I'm, I'm not doing that. And I got desperate and I just thought, I'll try it. You know, I'll try it. I, I thought I'll just find some nice things on YouTube to listen to. Yeah some calming audios and then I found out about Headspace which is an app and Calm and then I had problems with I've had problems with chronic pain so um, again they were advocating breathing and meditation and I thought well I'll give it a go let's see what happens and I again I was amazed at how powerful it is and so now I use it pretty much every day and I've taught my children like sometimes if one of my kids can't get to sleep I'll just go right we're going to do a breathing exercise we're going to do breathe in for four and out for eight do that a few times and then do a body scan like scan up from your feet you know and relax each part of your body so relax your toes relax your ankles relax your calves your knees and work up through the body and invariably they fall asleep <laughs> or if they're stressed about something they come and like mom i'm struggling with this and i'll say right just take some deep breaths you know just yeah. breathe and other times i just find like if i've had a really busy week and i just need to calm myself down often you think oh, i'll just push through i'll just push through and i find that never really works that like you can do that up to a point i think our bodies do say stop slow down And it's okay to do that. It's not being lazy. You know, we can get really guilty about, oh, I'm being lazy. I'm not doing anything. No, your body needs to rest and recover sometimes. So I will just put on a nice audio from YouTube or something with some nice calming music or calming nature sounds and listen to that just for 10 minutes. I'll feel better after that. There's some fabulous tips there. And these are great tips for anybody in life, really, aren't they? So if you're a teenager in education and you're leaving things to the last minute or not sleeping properly, you can get yourself back on track by putting in a regular sleep routine, eating well, exercising and planning your days out. Flip that round to you adults out there. You can do exactly the same. A bit of self-care. We all rush around after our children. We rush around after our jobs, our businesses and all those stresses in life. But the last thing I just wanted to ask you, Anna, is your book is fabulous. Thank you very much. Where can people get hold of this book and where can people get hold of you as well if they need to? My book, you can get on Amazon. The publisher is called Sheldon Press. And if you go to their website and you type in the title of the book, they will give you a list of bookshops where you can get it from. And then I generally live on Instagram online. I have a Instagram handle, which is Love Brain Reset. I'm on Facebook too under Love Brain Reset. Um, I don't spend as much time on that one, but I will get messages from there. And um, I do post on there from time to time. So that's probably the best way. So Love Brain Reset for connecting with Anna for some great tips on Instagram or Facebook. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's absolute pleasure to see you again, chat to you again. And thank you for sharing your tips. And your story. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Sometimes sharing your story is quite emotional, isn't it? So thank you for sharing that too. No, it's honestly, it's such a pleasure. And actually in the past, it was more emotional. Now I actually, I just think if if my story can help one person, 
that's great and you guys have just really put me at my ease so i've really enjoyed talking to you i really enjoyed the experience actually having felt a bit nervous beforehand so um thank you for that <laughs> you're a fab person to interview so that's yes. brilliant oh, thank you so for our listeners out there thank you very much for tuning in today if you want to get in touch with us you can find us on our website which is futuretoolbox.co.uk we're also on instagram facebook and tiktok TikTok. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on LinkedIn too. We look forward to catching you next week for next week's episode, of yes. course. So thanks very much, everybody. Thanks bye for, for now. Listening and bye-bye for now. And thank you again. Bye. Thank you for joining us for the Z2A of Life Skills with Jules and Mark of the Future Toolbox. Don't forget to head over to their website, which is futuretoolbox.co.uk, where you can find lots of free resources, plus a host of books in the store, as well as subscribing to the membership site. Follow Future Toolbox Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Future Toolbox, and subscribe to their YouTube channel too.